Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We are the Woodhounds. My name is Joe, and I'm here with my good friend, Dan. Dan, tell everyone hello. Hey, Woodhounds. How's it going out there today? We're back, yes, with another fun-filled, exciting podcast. Yeah. The number one firewood podcast in the world. <laughs> I love I love it when you say that. I always got to throw that in there. I don't know why, but it is fun to say. Yeah. If you're if so, you're listening right now, just say to yourself out loud, I am listening to the number one firewood podcast in the world. That's and right. see how good that feels. <laughs> <laughs> it was just yesterday or the day before. I was bored and I was on Spotify and I just typed in the word firewood. Oh, wonder, you know, curious to see what would come up. And of course, we were at the very top of the search, very first recommended um, return. Because there are like songs out there that about firewood, I don't know, or bands, you know, that have the word in it. So they yep. were all showing up in the search. There were a few podcasts that mentioned firewood, but, you know, they're second fiddle to the woodhounds yeah maybe an episode here or there something about having a fire but nothing like the woodhounds yeah oh so joe real quick i just wanted to mention we have something special coming up for our listeners memorial day weekend we are going to throw out there an extra episode and we are going to release it memorial day five in the morning just as normal time so look I for that it. woodhounds I love it. That will give uh, our Woodhound listeners an opportunity to have an extra day on their day off. Yes. An extra episode coming to you Memorial Day, May 30th. Check it out. Yeah, I think that the podcast thing is really cool. And I got started on podcasts myself uh, probably within this year. And that was because my daughter had uh, put Spotify uh, on our phones so I can listen to all my 80s music and 70s music uh, <laughs> when I was growing up and then and then you know I, I started just searching for some of my interest areas in in podcasts and uh, it's just neat to know that the Woodhounds is now on that list yes of you know of of big podcasts in the world yeah, I think it's sometimes nice. Um, it's like a nice break from like just listening to music to actually like listen to something that kind of like engages you and kind of makes you think as you're listening along with it. I agree. I also noticed too, there's a lot of bad podcasts out there <laughs> where you know, just the, the audio is bad. You can't understand what anyone's saying. And, you know, you could do a search on whatever the subject that you have an interest in and you think, oh, man, look, I've got some really cool things to listen to. But there's some of them are pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's glad to know that we're not uh, one of them. Yes, we are not. And I don't think our listeners think we are either because uh, the response has been good. And guess what, Joe? What's that? I, we've received a few emails. Uh, so that, we can do that means that um we can begin our new segment called listener mail yes and i have quite a few of them so i'm just gonna um there's a couple there's one here from uh mike and uh eric and doug and 
they all have a, you know, they sent in some topic, possible topics, but I just, you know, wanted to call out a few names this week and say we appreciate you guys sending the emails in, telling us how much you enjoy listening to the podcast, how much it's, you know, kind of become part of your routine now, your weekly routine. Um, so we appreciate that. And if anybody wants to send an email, the email address is thewoodhounds at gmail.com. Yeah. Even just check in and say hello. We'd love to hear from yes. you. And maybe we'll get to read your, your name on the episode. Because I got thinking about, um, you know, just kind of like how a lot of us, and I think a lot of people out there kind of have, you know, obviously we have similar interests in firewood, but like sure. my position um, with firewood, it's, it's, you know, it's just a hobby. And I think there's a lot of people out there with firewood as a hobby, maybe not so much like monetizing the hobby, but just, you know, making firewood to burn. And I think there's a lot of people with that interest of like, how would you transition from a hobby to a business like yourself? Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. The, I think you leapfrog a step from hobby to business. And it seems that at least here in the Mahoning Valley, we have a term and it's called the side hustle. Oh, and you hear that a lot out yes. there. And a side hustle is a term where you make money with your hobby. Mm. Um, so when, when you turn that into a legitimate business, that's when, you know, so it goes hobby, side hustle, business, I think. Right. So the progression, yeah. So that's kind of then the hobby would be, if I use myself an example, I make firewood to burn. I end <laughs> up making more firewood. So I decide to start selling a little bit of it. So that becomes a side hustle. But now if I wanted to move into that business side of it, yes. know, what what would I need to do? Or what is what are some things that, from your perspective, that would help sure. me do that? I think part of this is definitional, Dan, where you are a business because you filed paperwork with your state as being a business. <laughs> so, you know, you, which means that the money that you're making with your side hustle is now reportable on your tax returns. Yeah. So you would file as a business. You would secure a name for your business. You would get a tax ID number. You would get a vendor's license from the county that you live in. And you would become a business. Wow. So I actually have done all of that already. You have? Yes. Yeah. Well, then you're not, you're not a hobbyist then. You're oh a business. Oh, my goodness. What? But, <laughs> <laughs> but see, I think that's where you can define yourself as a business and have all the paperwork and the name and all that. But I think then the other side of it is how do you build that hobby out to be yeah. a business? Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm saying definitional. It is you just file and poof, you're a business. I think though that there are some fundamental shifts mentally and physically uh, for a person who's a hobbyist or they have a side hustle and then they turn that into a business. And the one thing that I had always noticed myself, because I was on that path as well, and I still am, was when you are a hobbyist, you know, your hobby 
makes sense and exists exclusively for you. You know what I mean? Yep. You, yeah. you enjoy what you're doing, you know, woodworking or making model airplanes or working on cars or baking, uh, computer repair, firewood. You just do it because you enjoy doing it. And all of the little areas of a particular hobby you steer your own self into that area because you just like to do it like working on cars maybe you hate doing body work but you love working on engines yeah you know so you just do engine work it's just what you enjoy to do it's just what you enjoy doing when you are a hobbyist your interests steer your actions let's contrast that with a business when you are a business, your interests, I guess they're important still because you're going to do what you enjoy doing, but your interests are steered towards what is best for your customer. So if your uh, customer, if your customer wants cupcakes, <laughs> you don't, <laughs> you don't bake apple pies, you know? So it's like the market is talking to you and it is steering you and guiding you towards what you can do, what you can be profitable at, and that ultimately rests upon what the customer wants. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And you 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 make that sound so uh I don't know, it just sounds so nice. It just sounds so easy. It sounds <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the execution part then is what uh, becomes the problem. Yeah, that, <laughs> you, that's, you know, where, doing it. <laughs> that's where it becomes a little, uh, I guess, maybe difficult or, you know, because <laughs> obviously if you start, you know, first thing I think of is if I'm transitioning from a side hustle to a business, I have to up my production, you know, so. Yeah, I think so. That's that's the one factor I look at and say, whoa, you know, can I do that? Can do I have mm -hmm. room to do that? Yeah, I can speak from experience. So you know, I started firewooding as a hobby because we bought our outdoor wood furnace, and I just enjoyed making firewood. And how I made my firewood made sense to me. I could cut it any length I wanted. I would split it to the size that made sense to me in my furnace. But when I started my side hustle, I found out that a lot of people don't like firewood like that. They like it smaller. You know, they like it split smaller and cut shorter than what I was cutting it. And then starting the business, profitability becomes uh, the most important thing. You know, you have to give the customer what they want. And if the customers don't want this, you know, big chunks of wood, uh, or if I can't make money, selling big chunks of wood, then I'm going to adjust. You know, the market is what determines what I'm going to do. And when I first started selling firewood, I had thought I was just going to sell very small quantities to uh, residential, like uh, people that work, uh, that lived in condominiums, you know, or these, yep. you know, yep. where they don't have big garages and they can't store a lot of wood. I just saw where I would be delivering like small bundled firewood on like a subscription basis. Well, the very first customer I got was a restaurant. So, <laughs> you know, uh, the majority of my wood went to that one restaurant until I could start building up my own inventory. And then another restaurant called, another restaurant called. By the end of my first 
after the f- year that I got my first restaurant, I had 13 restaurants that I picked up in one year. Wow. Yeah. So the market was telling me, Joe, you got to change. You got to pivot. And had I stayed stubborn and said, no, I'm going to do this, you know, I would have lost all of that profit opportunity with those restaurants. And I'd still be chasing, you know, these smaller residential customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's kind of where I'm at is, you know, I don't deliver everything as pickup. And I'm kind of at that point where, you know, if I wanted to expand, I would see where I would need to pivot into that offering deliveries, you know, doing more, I guess, moving of the product out of my yard than just through my sure. roadside stand. Yeah. You know, if I would have sold wood the way that I see firewood, I would I would be one of these people on the outside throwing rocks at someone else saying you're wasting your time you can't make money selling firewood because <laughs> I would because I I admit it I am cheap and I want the cheapest firewood I can find I could care less what it looks like I could care less what species it is I just want it to be cheap and that's where I think a lot of people especially in firewood you know they are they make firewood as a hobby and then they try to sell it even when they become a business as what firewood means to them you know they see firewood as this big chunk of wood with ant holes in it and mud and mushrooms because they could care less about it but if you listen to the market and listen to your customer uh, that's where you can start becoming profitable i think people that get into firewood are inherently frugal you know i'm sure there's a few of them out there that are not because why else would we go through all this hassle (laughs) you know (laughs) to heat our houses because you know it's probably cheaper at the end of the day just to pay the gas man you know when you think of buying saws and splitters and doctor visits to the chiropractor (laughs) you know Um, divorce attorneys yes Because you know your ex-wife has taken your pickup truck, yep. so now you got to go out and buy another pickup truck. You know, so it's probably cheaper at the end of the day just to, you know, pay the gas bill. But why do we do it? You know, I think that that if people just have that inherent frugalness about them. Uh, they enjoy working with wood. They enjoy it, and then they start thinking, "What can I do?" You know, I got some extra wood here. I'll, I'll go ahead and sell it. And then you get your first payday and oh boy, cash in your pocket. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I love everything about running a firewood business. Uh, But the thing that I like doing the most is going to the bank to deposit all my checks. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's what I, um, when I lived downtown, when I, like when I was in college, I don't know if you remember way back you know, when you were in college, you'd always go to the time machine, you know, you'd go to the, the ATM and you'd, you'd take out 20 <laughs> bucks, you know, with your card. And that was like, you know, you'd always have to do that. Yeah. So I, that's kind of what I think of when I go down to my roadside stand and I take them, I open up the cash box and I pull out a 20 and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to the time machine. <laughs> it's, you can it's hear like nice. the cash register making that cha-ching noise in the background. Yeah. It, 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 and that is the, you know, that is the, I guess, the lure and the draw when you are doing it as a side hustle is you always are thinking, well, can I make more? You know, can yeah. I make more? But I think there's a lot more involved 
with that than what people think. And I, I don't know. That's like that's the one yeah. thing holding me back is I just I don't know for sure if I would be able to keep up with demand. And then where are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I still think, you know, that it's still at the end of the day, you know, even though you should be listening to your customers and listening to the market, at the end of the day, it's still your business. And even at, I'm at a, you know, a different level of production now uh, than where I was a long time ago. But even now I feel, you know, I'm still probably going to do what I feel like doing because I think I'm at a crossroads right now where I can keep doing this the way that I am, but I think my growth is gonna start flattening out because I just physically can't do everything. And yeah. if I could, like if I drank a little bit extra more Dr. Pepper one day and ate you know, a big bowl of Wheaties, I could probably do even more, but I just don't feel like it. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah. I'm just gonna keep it where it's at. Now what I need to do next would be to start hiring or finding a new location, you know, something with a firm parking lot, uh, hard ground, where I don't have yeah. to deal with mud or a nice roof to work under. So that is, you know, where I'm at, where when I think of growth, it doesn't necessarily mean when you become a business that you're gonna grow because you can, you know, you can have zero customers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Just, uh, you know, you can do even worse as a business than you, than you were as a side hustle. Sometimes that's just <laughs> as though that's just the way things go. But I, I just think that, um, you know, I took that step from side hustle to business and, um, you know, there are some uncertainties or some scary things that we can talk about here, but, um, after I did it, I'm glad I did. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. There's the scary things are what scare me. <laughs> Like, for example, one thing I, you know, I'm not afraid to admit, and I have, I guess, a lot of self-awareness that I always, you know, think about stuff beforehand. And sure. it's just a matter of, like, there might be days where if I had to go out there and split a cord of firewood and I didn't feel like it, it would become a chore and it would become something that I then no longer enjoyed. So yeah. why would I want to put myself into that position of taking something I love doing and now all of a sudden I don't like doing it anymore? Yeah, I think that's a very honest assessment. Yeah. You know, and I think that probably if you talk to a lot of hobbyists, that's what they enjoy about the hobby is that there's no pressure. You know, again, what they are doing, what you are doing means something to you and that's good enough. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, think about then when people though, eh, I got a little, you know, I make... You know, I mean, there's a guy down the road that makes these yard ornaments really nicely, like windmills and stuff. And you can tell he just bakes one one month and he sticks it out in his front yard with a for sale sign on it, you know? Yep. And he's not, <laughs> he doesn't have a strict production standards or anything. I think it's just whenever he feels like making one, he makes it and sticks it out in his yard for sale and that's good enough for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like where I'm at. But, and you know, then again when you start looking at the amount of wood that I do sell and I think to myself, well, geez, I could make a little more and then maybe I could turn this into something other than just a side hustle. Yeah. You know, there's always, I don't know. It's just crazy. But stuff. why, what do you think you can get as a business that you can't 
get as a side hustle. Because mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, you necessarily should be a business. I have I have some opinions for both ways. I would sit here and tell you, I think if you're going to sell money or if you're going to sell firewood for money, I think you do. You you file as a business. But I'm just curious for you though, why would you not want to file as a business okay so i mean i'm telling you dan you can if you sell 10 cords a year you know as a side hustle uh, there's nothing stopping you from forming a business and selling 10 cords a year yeah yeah but, and that's... But i'm just but i'm just curious why tell me other reasons okay you're worried about growth but let's take growth off the table what else is there that would keep you from not wanting to file as a business well, time <laughs> and, and I, and I have, like I said, I have filed, um, but I wrapped everything that I do as far as like my other side hustle, hobby content creation, I wrapped that all into one. So, you know, uh-huh. firewood is part of that. Okay. And so, yeah, it's, it's just, like I said, I just always think about the having it become something I no longer enjoy doing or not being able to keep up with demand. And then I'm out there splitting wood till 11 o'clock at night. And, but then on the other side of the coin, it's like, well, it would be nice to make a little bit more money because then maybe it would open up opportunities to, you know, not have my nine to five job. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, I will tell you, what I was most hesitant of and what was the largest hurdle that was preventing me from filing as a legitimate business. Yes. What is that? (laughs) That is what I would like to know. It was filing as a legitimate business. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't mean to sound flippant, but I'm serious. You know, the, the filling out that paperwork and making myself official, and making myself now have to file a tax return as a business was enough for me to not want to do it. And I had put off my plan for a number of years. In fact, I had other brilliant business ideas throughout the years that I just never put into action simply because it was too scary to fill out the paperwork and then be on the hook to file a tax return. I was scared of having to find an accountant thinking that it was going to cost too much money, that I was going to lose too much money to taxes. Um, and you know, it was going to be a, a burden or like a violation of my privacy or something to have, you know, all my papers registered with the state. And I think Uh, that's, that's probably a big concern for a lot of people out there. It's just that whole idea of having to pay taxes. Yeah. And I was right there with you. Um, And I think too, like if you really just want to sell a few cords a year for beer money or just for fun, you know, I I think that's, it's probably prudent to, you know, just stay as a side hustle. Now guys, we're talking about the United States here. (laughs) So if you're in (laughs) Australia or the UK, okay, there might be different laws about the black market. Okay. (laughs) So uh, selling firewood to your neighbor here in the United States, you know, is technically, well, it's unofficially no one's business. You know, <laughs> it's just between, uh, two, two buddies that, uh, or just two people that have a 
private transaction. Right. But, <laughs> but, you know, at least here in Ohio, they changed the law a couple of years ago where, you know, sales tax is now applied to firewood. So I also have to charge sales tax on a sale. And then I also have to report my income um, on my tax return at the end of the year. And I'm here to tell you, and I'm talking to you out there, Woodhound listener, who has been sitting on this brilliant idea, but you're not doing it because it's just too much burden to do all this paperwork and add all this hassle with the tax returns and stuff. I am telling you right now, it is no big deal at all. And get out there and do it. You can file your paperwork yourself uh, online with your secretary of state or whoever does it in your state. Yep. And there are so many accountants in your hometown that will do your tax return probably for a hundred dollars or less, yeah. you know? <laughs> and that's what I'm just, when I decided to make that change from side hustle to business, that's where everything changed for me because all of a sudden these restaurants would start dealing with me uh, because I was legitimate. They, um, they, they wanted the one restaurant requires an insurance policy. And that was the next hurdle. I was like, I don't have to deal with insurance, you know, but I mean, serious, my, my liability insurance is like $50 a month, I think. And when I look at all of the money that I get in sales from just that one restaurant, it makes it worth it. Yeah. You know, and it's, that's another thing that gives you street credibility, you know, is that you are a registered business, you're insured, you're professional, and that separates you immediately, guys, immediately from every other person that sells firewood in your area. You know? And you're, and you're making it sound like there's actually quite a few advantages of being filed as a business. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> you better believe there is. <laughs> you better believe there is. And that's what, you know, I just did the video where I, I track my mileage when I drive, you know, and you get what, I don't know, is it like 55 cents a mile now or something, you know, towards your taxes? Every, every inch that you drive is, is tax deductible. You know, the gasoline, yeah. the saw that you bought, the gasoline that you put in it, all of your supplies, the wood, if you buy your firewood, if you're buying your logs, all of that, you know, and that is all of the things that you're going to leave on the table and not realize if you don't file as a business. Yeah. You may think that you're, you're, you're making more with the side hustle, but there's probably yeah. more advantages uh, with being a business. Well, and that's why I said to each their own and whatever your goals are, they're your goals. But if you are a person like me where you think, ah, there's just, there's something here that I'm not seeing guys. It's because you need to make that step and you yeah. need to, you need to take those extra steps and become a legitimate business, build your brand you know, with your name, a logo. Um, I, I just found the power of an $8 t-shirt. Uh, oh, what it bring, yeah. What it brings to you in, in your eye of the customer. Uh, you know, if you go on a sales call to a restaurant or a convenience store, if you got a, a shirt with your name on it, oh, <laughs> it just, <laughs> you know, 
it, it, it's, it's just uh, one of those things that just separates you from everyone else. And then for me, uh, the most important thing that I had ever done was I got a website. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Got to yep. have a website. Yep. And that, and that, in your opinion, that makes you, again, stand out above the typical Facebook marketplace or Craigslist or... Oh, good heavens, yes. Yeah. I, and I can even, you know, for my area in the Mahoning Valley, you know, there's not very many other, A, uh, firewood companies. Okay, there's a lot of tree service companies that sell firewood, but I think I am the only full-time firewood company out here. Everyone else are just part-timers or yeah. tree service. Yeah. So the fact... I have a website. If you were to search, you know, if you lived in the Mahoning Valley and typed firewood for sale near me, <laughs> I'm like the they first would. six websites that Google returns, you know, because I'm like, I'm the only one and I get, I don't even advertise, Dan. I don't put up a, a single ad in any paper. I don't on a cork board at the grocery store or on Facebook, nothing. It is just my website. I get every sale, um, from my website. And is that how it, it's always been? Or did you start out, like, how did you, you, you mentioned that you were going after like the residential um, people. Yeah. Did you, did you advertise then? Or how was, how was, what was the progression of getting to this point of no advertising? I had went a number of years in the winter time where I would get bored and I started blogging and I started a blog called Ohio Woodburner. Oh, <laughs> Uh, it, you know, because OWB for outdoor wood boiler, and I just changed it to Ohio Woodburner. <clears throat> so I bought the domain OhioWoodburner.com, and it was my blog. Well, it would get like four or five people that would visit it every year, you know. And <laughs> the, the one winter, I was bored, so I thought <laughs> I'm going to create, I'm going to turn OWB into a firewood business, and, and even though it wasn't. So I just started. Um, tinkering around and I added a few pages to it and then I studied. So if you have a website, I mean, you can seriously guys make it yourself and you can usually do it for free, but just because you have a website doesn't mean anyone can find it. It has to be, and this is a, a nerd term here. It has to be optimized. So I learned SEO search engine optimization. I just Googled it and I just yep. studied it and learned how to optimize your website. You just use certain words and then on your pages, uh, your menus, there's like little fields where you can put in like these, what are they called? Meta fields where meta tags. Yep. Yeah. Google can sniff it. Yes. Okay. But no one else can see it. But when you search through Google, they <laughs> sniff for firewood, <laughs> Mahoning Valley and bam, you know, Ohio Woodburner shows up on their search engine. So that's all I did. And um, I went ahead and filed as a business and I turned my page on. And it was in the first week I got a phone call from a restaurant and it was a major league restaurant too. And this is how impactful this website was, guys. Okay. Remember, I had a, at that time, a, a rusted out, you know, gray uh, F-150, um, no t-shirts. I had nothing. I just started my business and the guy called me while I was out on the road and I answered my phone and he said who he was. And I'm trying to keep my truck between the lines because I was so excited <laughs> that someone actually called me. 
And I told him, he says, well, how much would you charge me for a cord? You know? And I says, well, I said, I don't have my price. Cause I didn't, I didn't even know what I'd charge him. You know, I was just totally unprepared for this. <laughs> and he said, and this is where I'm getting with this on how impactful the website was. He says, well, I tell you what, when you get back to your office, call me back and, and we'll work out a, a, a deal here. And nice. I was just laughing because this guy thinks I have an office, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my office is my couch at my house, you know, and that was all because of the power of a website guys. If, yeah. Even if you, even if you want to have a side hustle, get a website, absolutely get a website. Yeah. I, I remember uh, I started out with Facebook marketplace and I still remember I put up my first ad uh, on an afternoon on a Thursday. Cause I figured, well, if somebody wants it, I could take that weekend to deliver it, you know? So I advertised a face cord of firewood. And within two hours I had three people messaging me. Yeah. And the one thing I never took into consideration was to find out where the people were located because I, I had advertised that I was going to d deliver it. So the first guy, he was taking his time getting back to me. The second guy, he, you know, again said, well, let me, let me get right back to you. And then the third person, this lady, she responded right away. And so I was just like, all right, the first person that's, you know, says they want it, I'm going to give it to them. And just by luck, this lady lived a mile and a half down the road from me. Sweet. <laughs> and the other two people were all like 25, 30 miles away. So you know, th and then that made me realize, oh boy, you know, if I would have taken that first guy's offer or, you know, if he would have got back to me, I would have said yes. And I would have been driving 30 miles out of town somewhere to make sure. delivery. So yeah. It, all that weight in your truck. It was, it was one of those things where I learned then, you know, to have the patience and not oh, just yeah. jump on the first thing that comes that comes your way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I've made every mistake and not, I wouldn't even call them mistakes. Just, you know, I've done something that I learned that I don't want to do it like that again. And the first thing for me was, was Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I stay away. I, I get on the Facebook to buy firewood serious, you know, because you know, who uses Facebook are people looking for a deal. Yep. And that's, that's who I try to stay away from who I sell firewood to. Yeah. So I stay off of Facebook. I stay off of Craigslist. I don't put anything in the bargain hunter. We got, you know, like a local ad paper that goes around here once a week. Uh, don't put anything in the grocery stores. I just use my website and I, um, so we have a number of suburbs in our area where all the big houses are. And that is just a theory that I have. I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure that I'm right. You know, that the people that's got these gigantic houses and these big great rooms with these gigantic fireplaces and they never use them and it's because they don't trust firewood they don't trust firewood delivery and that is because of all these stories i get when i deliver firewood to people you know that they've quit buying firewood because <laughs> oh <laughs> you <know>? yes <laughs> everything i'm going to tell you here is the god's honest truth dan this is t my ears heard, heard every single one of these the delivery driver was drunk the del my firewood was filled up with beer cans. His truck leaked oil all over my driveway. The firewood guy uh, went to the bath, went pee in my front yard. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the guy never showed up when he said he was going to. Yeah, I thought he was going to rob me. 
when he <laughs> pulled into my driveway. You know, I heard all these things. So I, I go after, I, I go after, you know, a high end residential. So I, in my search engine optimization, I put the names of these expensive cities here in the Mahoning Valley. And that's all oh. I put on there. And that kind of steers all of the search results to people, you know, in those areas. Wow. Very yeah, crafty. So, <laughs> so I can charge a premium, you know, and I mean, that's what I do. So um, I, I try to stay away from customers like me because <laughs> I would, I wouldn't spend money for my firewood. Wow. But I'm not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm not the customer. You know, that's exactly. one of my rules is that I am not the customer. People do. I would never buy bundled firewood. But guess what? There sure are a lot of people oh. in this world that buy bundled firewood. You know, I would never buy a bag of smoking chips. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> you know? But guess what? There's a lot of people out there that buy smoking chips. So, you know, my job is to is to service the customer. It's not to be the customer. Yeah. That's a good yeah. a good way to look at it. Very very yeah. insightful how you articulated that, you know, the the hobby being for yourself. And with your yeah. business, it's, you know, the customer that you're focused on. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I really do. I think that's why so many people sell firewood as a hobby or as a side hustle because it's fun, you know, and you're not looking to get rich or it's not like your sole source of income, you know, like it is for me. And it's just something that you do for beer money or just for a rainy day fund, or you're going to buy your wife something, you know, for Christmas. Uh, and you know, it's a, it's a chance too to meet people. Cause I've found that everyone that buys firewood is, is nice. And you get to know people and get to like them. To me, that's one of the hidden joys of being in the firewood delivery service is just how much fun it is. The people are nice. I remember yeah. when I worked in auto parts, Everyone that came into the store to buy something, they were mad, you know, <laughs> because their car's broken down and and they got to spend all their disposable income for the month on a starter. Yeah. Uh, but firewood's a different story. When I show up at restaurants, I mean, they, the cooks and everyone, they just come out and hang out with me. And well, I don't think that, I don't think they do that with the guy delivering fish. But that could be just because you are you. You know, I mean, not, you know, I don't know if it's the, you know, your firewood or just, you know, your smiling face and, you know, charming, good looks and all that stuff. <laughs> Here's your $20 bill. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I've, I think this conversation, we may have to revisit it again because I'm, I'm thinking there might be listeners out there that have their gears turning right now after listening to this yeah you may have be. some more questions yeah so. i will i'm going to give all of our listeners a task okay oh. if they are if they are serious if they have been hearing that inkling throughout their life about do it you can do it you know but they never do and I don't care what their hobby is, but they've always thought about starting a business, but they never have. The, I, the most important thing that I ever did was that I finally did it. Yeah. And I'm serious. It is, you know, on the outside looking in, it looks like it's just an impossible feat. But when you're on the inside, it's easy, guys. It is easy. 
And it is so easy is that I don't know why it, it took me so long to do this in the first place. So file with your state, register your name as a business, file your papers and get yourself a free website and you're in business. You are in business. There you go. Yeah. I mean, you can even get a free phone number for crying out loud. Yeah. You know? It's amazing <laughs> what you can yeah, do. It is. Whew, you better believe it. I had heard someone said that it has never been easier to start a business in the history of this country. And I got to believe it. I would believe. Yeah. yeah, I would too. Yeah. It's one yeah. of the things with the internet. I'm serious. Think about in the old days, Dan, we had yellow pages. Oh you know? my goodness. Everyone was trying to leapfrog because it was all alphabetical. It would be uh, <laughs> double double A firewood. Then someone would start a business, triple, triple A. A firewood. Then there'd be <laughs> four A, you know. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we used to have the yellow pages. You used to have to have stockbrokers. Yeah. And everything is just, I don't know. It's, it's just right. You got the whole world at your fingertips with the right. internet. Well, just like you mentioned, filing your business, you know, you can do it all online. Yeah. Everything. You don't have to leave your house. Yeah. There are all kinds of um, services online to help you file your business, you know, as a sole proprietor or a LLC or an S corp and you pay them like, you know, two, $300 to file the paperwork. Well, I started looking into it. And all they do is they get on to the Ohio Secretary of State website, download the form, fill it out, and, and <laughs> turn it in for you. And I was thinking, well, why in the heck can I just do that myself? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, I, I did. I did it myself. I just did it myself, and I paid the state of Ohio filing fee, which was like $50 or something. So, you know, whatever state you live in, there's a process, and it's well spelled out on one of your government websites under their FAQ and just get it done, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I hate to cut this short, but I just got a notification on my phone. My flight is leaving um, and I need to hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you could mow my grass before you leave. Yeah. I don't want to stay a minute longer down here than I have to. Okay. No offense, but you know, I need to get home. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe it's time we start playing the music then. Yeah. I got the band ready. We're, okay. we're ready to hit it. Strike, strike up the band. Yes. All right. So again, Woodhounds, hope you enjoy the episode. Um, Joe, as always great hanging out with you once again. Uh, couldn't, couldn't ask for a better time down here in the Woodhound studio. <laughs> yes, it's always great uh, to have you here, Dan. And I just really enjoy spending time and hanging out with all of our Woodhounds in the world. Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you got any questions, if you want to know more about side hustle to business, let us know. Woodhounds at gmail.com. Otherwise, Joe, I got to yes. go catch that flight. So everyone Alrighty. have a be cool.